some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Spend about 15 minutes, go through, go around the league and talk about different situations. Say we talked about certain team had a four-minute situation, how they... Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Open man, <laughs> art there. That is art. Yes, it is. How are you? My name is Aldo Gandhi. I am filling in for Aaron Curran today. With me, of course, is Chris Watts and Ryan. Starting with you, Ryan. What's happening, brother? Oh, hey, we getting it. We getting it. It's snowing outside, but we still jigging. Hey, football Sunday, baby. Super excited, man. Can't wait to get in and talk about it, man. How y'all doing? Talk about man. We got a lot to talk about. Chris Watts, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, mate. N- nice to be back in the program with you, get Aldo. It's always a buzz, mate, when the, the boss man comes from his lofty heights and mixes with <laughs> mixes us normal people. But yeah, really good, mate, and uh, looking forward to the show, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. And Matthew for Cheesy says Aldo is pumped, and I am pumped. You know why? Because I think that yeah. today the Chicago Bears start a winning streak. I yes, think they are going to beat the heck out of this Detroit Lions team. And then they'll play the Falcons and Jets on the road. I truly believe they can win both of those road games and then come back to Green Bay and end Aaron Rodgers' career as a football player. Who disagrees <laughs> with me? Who disagrees with me? <laughs> not, not a single person, man. Uh, you, you look at this grind. This this year's been difficult to watch, man. But then it, it got to a point of it becoming the ascension of a franchise quarterback, unlike anything that we've seen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you we we easily easily <laughs> have been in basically every game outside of two. All right, the first Green Bay Packers game, you can you, we'll just realistically throw away. We lost that one. That's fine. Then the, the Cowboys. Cowboys came in. The defense wasn't ready. We got whooped up on. But you've seen the offense come. There was second, pretty much second game of the offense coming to life. Uh, man, I look, I'm excited, man, because to me, you could make a run. Every team after today looks beatable 
except maybe the, the Eagles. We, we'll, we'll leave the Eagles out of that. <laughs> but if the Bills, hey, man, you, you got a, whole, a hurt quarterback. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Chris, do you believe that today the Bears start a winning streak? I, I can feel it in my bones, Aldo. I think, I think, I think as well. I just really want, um, I just really want Fields to get his first win in a while because he's, it's like Al KB were just saying he's been so close in so many games, yes, but it just be it'd be such an awesome thing for his confidence and to prove that you know it's not only me but the team is improving as well. But yeah, I, I can see him going on a little run. Aldo, I mean, I, I, I've got a winning against Detroit today, and. Um, I think the Jets, uh, I don't know why, but the Jets game worries me a little bit. I don't know why, because they have beat some good teams. But, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see them going a little bit of a roll. Yeah, the, that Jets team is improving, and uh, they've been winning without Zach Wilson, their quarterback that they chose above uh, uh, Justin Fields, without him playing really well, which is why I truly believe that when Fields gets on the field against uh, Zach Wilson, he's going to be extra pumped and oh, really cool. do uh, some spectacular things in New York. By the end of that game, the New York madmen, all those advertising guys and so forth, they're going to be, all right, get his agent on the phone. We want him selling Wheaties. We want him selling Chryslers. We want him selling Hennessy. We want him selling everything. <laughs> Not the head. <laughs> the head dog, baby. <laughs> I truly believe it. You know, I was at that game uh, against uh, – the Miami Dolphins, and what I witnessed there was similar to I got I, the the hair on my arms was going up similarly to the way it did when I saw Walter Payton run for 275 yards against the Vikings, and when Michael Jordan did the shrug, the six three pointers in the first half of, the, of an NBA Finals game against the Portland Trail Blazers, and I'm shocked and I'm surprised that after Justin Fields ran those 61 yards, let go of the ball, and then he shrugged like this. I'm surprised more people. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't made the correlation. <laughs> this guy is going to be Michael Jordan. He's going to wow everybody. Just stay out of his way. Let him do his thing. If I'm Luke Getze, I'm going to sit down with uh, Justin and say, what do you want to call? I'm, I'm going to help you and make sure that everybody knows their role. What do you want to do? Because this guy is a tremendous quarterback, and he's just giving us a taste of what he's going to become. Man, exactly, man. It's it's uh-huh. hard to keep talent suppressed. All right, when you have that much juice in everything that you're doing, and it's 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 evident the man does not like to lose. He's come from a, a very winning background. He's won in high school. He's won in college. So you put him on this stage now. He's looking around like you know what, man. I'm not used to this. I'm mm-hmm. going to do what I need to do so we can get to the point where we're winning. And I'm gonna show you why I'm special. That's that's incredible. I didn't even think about the Daniel Shrug, which is crazy because I remember when he did, he just kind of flipped the ball. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, hey, this, this dude, he's I was like, he's something else, man. He, really he knows is. he's talented. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. It, it's it's a difference when it's saying, okay, yeah, I have the talent to do it, but I can't put forth that that talent to show it. He can do it both. He can. I have the talent. I'm gonna show you. I got. It. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a little piece of it. It's, it's it's incredible to watch, man. It's incredible football. It it's 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 funny how you change from saying, you know what, I'm gonna sit here and watch the defense play. We're gonna play old school 1950s football. Good good defense and running the ball. 
Oh, no, no. So it's starting to change now. You're starting to see what Poles' vision is for this team. It's exciting to watch, man. Exciting to watch. I love it. I, I mean, I mean cool, thing, cool thing for me regarding the, uh, the Michael Jordan thing is I didn't, I didn't know that history. And I just think that's so cool at the starting quarterback. Knows the city sports history. I just did oh, yeah. it sort of non-flippant way as well. Like, like you said, it wasn't like done over the top. It was like, if you know the history of Chicago sports, you'll know mm. this little action I'm doing. And, and I, mm. thought, I thought that was so cool after finding out on one of the shows earlier this week. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, a lot of it's to do with Justin Fields improving, but I think as well, you know, I think a lot has to do with like, the offensive calling and just the, the whole ethos of the offense seems to have changed and to more what he can do. And I, and I, I don't mind him having more design runs because I'd rather him sort of get hit when he's running rather than standing in a, in a pocket where you're oh, yeah. sort of unprotected, you know, your ribs are wide open. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just been an offensive blast. It's so weird being a Bears fan. I keep thinking about, God, it's like being like the Miami Dolphins in the mid-80s or, or, you know, something crazy like that with the Duper Brothers and all this sort of thing. So, uh, mm. it's a nice, it's, it's nice, but it's very odd. <laughs> Indeed. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Tony, the pod boss. He sent it out to Soldier Field for the game. Cool. And uh, Tony, do us a little favor. Shoot a little video of yourself when you're there and give us a shout out. I'd love to post it on our barroom ty- uh, 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 Twitter timeline. By the way, I don't know how much longer we're going to be on Twitter. I keep hearing these stories that Elon Musk is imploding the whole thing. We're going to lose Bro. all our Twitter followers. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. All I know is you pay you pay a subscription fee to keep your blue check mark. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that blue check mark, man. Man. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing is to me, I think I've only got about 30 followers anyway, so it ain't going to really affect my life at all. <laughs> right, right. I got like 50, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. I collected some sound of uh, the coaching staff talking about the Chicago Bears team. And uh, we're on the topic of Justin Fields. This is offensive coordinator uh, Luke Getze evaluating his quarterback. Um, You know, he did a lot of nice things. Obviously, he made some some plays that were miraculous. I mean, they were pretty unbelievable. Um, But there's still, you know, we got to make sure we keep eliminating those few plays in the game that, uh, you know, you know, the interception that got called back, um, you know, that's a play you just got to throw it away and move on to the next down. And uh, But there's plenty of good plays in there that, he, you know, he's starting to get more comfortable with everything. Like we, we talk about that every week. He's getting more and more comfortable each and every week. So, um, you know, we just got to keep building on that. Guys, I, uh, I like his level-headed approach to this. You know, you don't want to – you want to pump up your quarterback and give him all the confidence, but at the same time when they're reviewing tape – and talking about, you know, what did you see here? What didn't you see here? You know, they're going to find the blemishes. They're going to find the imperfections, and they have to harp on that. Like, for instance, on the 61-yard magnificent run, we uh, take a look at Darnell Mooney here. He's in that slot at the top of the screen. That was where the pass was intended to go. Right oh, yeah. there is where Justin Fields has to release that ball and hit his receiver. But he's concerned about the pass rush, so he steps up into the pocket. And then he was going to throw it to him there, but Mooney took off, said, I'm not going to wait here. I'm going to go deep. And Justin then uh, performed magic. And so while the play ended up being better than what was originally designed for, a 15-yard pass over the middle, uh, instead we get the touchdown and, of course, the famous shrug right there there it is I love it. <laughs> you know it is what it is but that's why he's so magnificent that you can take 
he could play, and even when he personally, the quarterback, Justin Fields, makes a mistake, he still turns it into a 61-yard touchdown run to go right. along with his three touchdown passes in that game. That is just splendiferous. I don't know what the effing word is, but it's it's a thing of beauty, man. <laughs> splendiferous. I, boy, that's that's a word I ain't heard since Barney, bro. That's woof. <laughs> It's splendiferous. <laughs> hey, I, and you know what's crazy is I, I, I was told because he only had 123 yards passing, he couldn't throw the ball. But hey, yeah, Shady McCoy, man, sh- shout out to you for not watching games. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, it, I, my, I, I love the approach of Luke Getsy, right? You, you start off the season where you have a quarterback that you're trying to implement a system. At that point, it was more, it looked like more of saying, you know, we're trying to implement him in our system. When we were told all summer it was gonna be, hey, you're good at doing X, Y, and Z. So we're gonna we're gonna do X, Y, and Z because you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. So we see that we see this 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 offense and it's failing miserably. Oh my god, it's it's the Trevor Simeon, Andy Dalton drop back, and let's see if somebody gets open offense and then you go on to the break. Now, this is where we as Bear fans have not had the pleasure of being in a modern-day coach with a modern-day coaching staff. Mm-hmm. They go in. Eves comes out and says, hey, man, yeah, we uh, we evaluated. And what we evaluated was this. We're not doing shit to help Justin Fields, okay? We're, we're, not, we're not letting mm-hmm. our Ferrari get on the drag strip and go a million miles down the track as fast as he can. We're We're, we're – pretty much dropping with the e-brakes on. So we're adjusting to what he does really good. And then you've seen it happen. You Like they say, you see, you hear polls having a conversation of basically saying before the, uh, the, the Patriots game, yeah, there's a lot of things that we're doing. There's a lot of things I'm really excited about. And then we go out and we put it on the Patriots. And then it continues to roll. You know what I'm saying? And that's something else that we haven't seen as Bear fans. We haven't seen it roll in the next week and then the next week. And then we're sitting here like, oh, we're all excited because the, D- the Detroit Lions defense is, is, is pool water. You know what I'm saying? It's the, it's, the, it's the water at the bottom of the trash. That's, that's what the defense is for the Lions. We might not be much further than that right now, but <laughs> our, offense, it, our offense looks like a top five offense right now. And it's, I, I, I I, that's why I get so excited about. But you see this evolution of Gessie saying, hey, even though I know he's doing good, we're going to do better. Yeah. And then Fields is co-signing that. And I think that's where their relationship is is, is becoming, is starting to blossom. It's give me the constructive criticism. Tell me what I did wrong. Do not tell me what I did right. Because right. what I did wrong, we're going to fix. And it's going to become all right. That's how you become a top five quarterback in the league. And I love it. Chris, I want you to expound on what uh, we're talking about here with Justin Fields. But first, let me play another soundbite from Luke Getze talking about what we're seeing out of the young quarterback. I think what you're seeing is just somebody that's more comfortable in in calling a play, more comfortable in understanding what the play means. um, So you're able to do more things. And that's kind of not just him. That's everybody in in the group. I mean, I say it all the time. Our receivers and tight ends, they have a a demand on them to align correctly. Um, to, to handle their assignment correctly is not an easy job. And those guys are doing a great job of, of giving not just Justin, but uh, everybody that's touching the ball an opportunity to get some explosives. So I think it's just a combination of everybody, uh, you know, doing their job. And then you have the quarterback when he's feeling comfortable with what's actually going on around him, um, you, you know, the confidence obviously grows. 
Chris, I'm not sure how much of that you were able to hear. Uh, did you get that? Uh, no, I've heard all there. I've got a sister one. I've got um, my main TV. I've got us on there, on the on the, on the the TV. And then I just turn the sound on. So when you play clips, because it just won't work on my phone. So I'm quite pleased with myself because I've had a few joints today. So I'm quite surprised. I actually managed to figure something like that out. So I'm quite out heads up on myself. But no, I, found, I heard all what you said, mate. Excellent. Yeah, so clearly... This guy is getting better and better because he knows the playbook better and better every hour. I mean, and he's just studying so much and preparing so much. He's getting more confident. When he's The confidence can be heard by the players in the huddle, the way he's spitting out the play calls. He's getting more accurate because he's much more comfortable. There were passes that he threw that he would not have thrown four weeks ago. People crowding the pocket. That touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney was a thing of beauty because the rush was in on him, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to blast that this throw to Darnell Mooney. This, Chris, has got to make you so super confident that this quarterback is progressing, and we're seeing the results every effing week. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the thing as well is uh, – the offensive line is playing better as well. I mean, I think he already got sat once as well last last game. So the combination of them getting better at pass blocking, then Justin Fields getting better into the playbook, and on us as well with the coach as well. You know, the more experience he gets as a play caller every game, he's going to improve hopefully. And that's what I think that's what's happening. So I just see I just see the sky limit for the guy. Real, I think the offense will just keep keep developing around him like from inside out. And I think, you know, they'll keep playing to his strengths, but obviously when he proves they're able to open up another part of the, the playbook, so he can do a bit more sort of dynamic passing plays. But yeah, I think it's like, we've. I think a lot of us on, on the Barroom Network have said all season is that he just needs to have a bit of patience this season because it's a lot of firsts what are happening in the club, you know, new first, you know, first year head coach, uh, player call, uh, management or whatever. So, uh you know, hopefully we're actually got to the point now where we're actually seeing it gel together because I can't remember ever like before a, a Bears game in a long time thinking, man, I can't wait to see the offense. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it's been that long, like, you know, like when we were watching the offense last year, if they got like two first downs in a row, it was like a massive achievement. So uh, it's so refreshing to see a a proper offense working and, and slowly gelling together. But yeah, I'm so I, I can remember somebody saying that they reckon it'd be like, it'll take them like nine games to get really kicking in. And uh, whoever said that they were, they were bang on, right. It's just been an absolute blast watching the kid. We had a guy on uh, the uh, Dan and Aldo show named coach T. And he said, that oh, might've been him. That might've been him. He was like, I guarantee you by week eight or nine, it's all going to start clicking for this guy. And I want to come back on your show. So I need to invite him this week to so that he can gloat because he was absolutely <laughs> right. And Chris, you mentioned the offensive line. This is what uh, the coaching staff had to say about the o offensive line and their improvement. Yeah, yeah, the old line's done a good job. You know, it's the strength of their team, you know, along, you know, they have a couple of good strengths. My bad. He's talking about the Lions offensive line. So let me save that. Uh, let me go instead to uh, Chase Claypool. Well, no, let's stay on the topic of offensive line because I want to get KB's thoughts on this. Riley Ruiz took over at the right tackle position. Um, he played really well. It appears to me like um, our guy uh, Larry Borum might have lost his job 
not because he's awful, but because we got to protect the quarterback. We got to get a, a better. You got if you're going to go by the expression, we, we need the best five in there. Then the best five includes Riley Reef, and right now, not Larry Baum. Your thoughts? Ah, mute. You muted. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. I, I, <laughs> my, my lieutenant peeked in here, said somebody make sure everything's cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you're absolutely correct, man. Uh, I said it after the first game Riley Reef played. I said you notice a, a little bit less pressure coming through. Uh, it the the line seemed to gel very well with him in. Right now, it's like it's, it's the age old saying: you have to go with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all we all want Borm to succeed. We all want Borm to grow because it's it's a it would be an amazing achievement to have Borm get to a level that Riley Reef is at right now. You know what I'm saying? Have him, and then maybe you get everything that you need for Braxton Jones, and then next year you have two starting tackles that you that were what homegrown, as they would say. You don't have to go out and spend, you know what I'm saying, a million dollars, millions of dollars. I, was, I want to say millions of dollars. Millions of dollars to bring somebody else into the fold when you have those two here already. Uh, but right now, Riley Reef is just is, is him. He, that, that's his job right now. Uh, if he falls off the cliff for whatever reason, then Larry Borm, you step back in, and then you need to solidify yourself as a starting right tackle. But right now, it – it would be next to impossible for you to tell me that, oh, we're going to take Riley Reef out because then you would be going against the adage of saying you're trying to keep your best five out there at the moment. There you go. Got to protect your uh, big-time investment in Justin Fields, and you got to give this running back team uh, the necessary holes for them to pick up that yardage. Um, we got to talk about Chase Claypool. This, to me, is an acquisition that I was so effing excited about. Oh, yeah. I really love this kid coming out of Notre Dame. You know, how can you not love a guy who is so fast and yet has such physical presence to see him in his first game, to see how many snaps he got, how many, how, how often he was put in there. And it's a testament to how quickly he learned the playbook or portions of the playbook and also a testament to how organized this offensive coaching staff, because they had videos of Luke Getze in front of a, a green screen with a, uh, the plays are up in a big screen behind him. They they had these videos that they gave to players in camp, and so they mm-hmm. just gave those the, that those videos to Chase Claypool so that he could get up to speed quickly. And of course, other receivers tutored him, got him going. This is what uh, Matt Eberflus said about Chase Claypool after this week's practice, uh, and, and of course his performance against the Dolphins. Yeah, he's getting more comfortable. Uh, we're running, uh, we're expanding the package uh, for him. He's doing a lot of different things for us in there, different spots, different locations. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's healthy. It's 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 growing at the right pace, and uh, we're excited to see where it's going to go. You learned anything more about him now that you've had another week with him? Uh, just smart. Just I don't I don't wouldn't say more. I just found out that you know he is he is super smart and understands the offense and he's getting a better feel now it's just about getting the feel and experience with the other players you know how do you play off you know the quarterback how do I play off the tight ends you know the route running and the combinations I think that that's just experience and time will help him with that Chris I know you're happy about the Bears acquiring Claypool but what I want to ask you is what is Chase Claypool's ceiling? Can he be a true number one wide receiver, or are we going to see a combination where we have a one and a one A, uh, or call it two A and a two B, 
two similar uh, wide receivers in Mooney and Claypool delivering similar results, or do you think Claypool can ascend to be a true number one in the NFL? I think he's got all, all, all the factors on him to, to, to get to that, to that position, really. Like you were just saying as you introduced the guy, Alder, just the, the physical attributes, what he's got, you know, he's got everything what we were looking for in a wide receiver, what we didn't have in the rest of the uh, wide receiver room this season. Um, so I can't see why not. I mean, I, I can see him as a number one. But I think I think really I prefer if if you have like a number one and a one A, where you know what it one can you know the pressure on just one guy all the time. Uh, but I could I could definitely see him improving. I mean, uh, why not? Why not? I always believe. I mean, I think a lot of people think as soon as players like leave college and get into an NFL team that they're not being coached to still improve as a player. And of course, that, that that's what a good coach does. So I've, I I've, I just hope he gets really good coaching. And I can't see why not. Uh, you know, the chemistry seems to be already there. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to see, you know, the Bears have, like, a big body receiver like that again. You know, probably since, like, Brandon Marshall or something like that. So uh, I'm just excited to see what he can do. The Tooch is here. And so we got to ask. Yeah. The Tooch! <laughs> That's a great Tooch. <laughs> Folks. What's happening, peeps? What's going on, uh, fam? You are. Hey, uh, Tooch, I got to tell you something. That prop bet with Justin Fields, I think it's over under rushing yards. I think it was at 56, 57 yards. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, putting some jelly beans on that because I think he's yeah. going to get over 57. What do you think? Well, it's 61 and a half now, but oh, I, still, my goodness. <laughs> I still would take it. I mean, I'll, I'll – ride that train until it goes off the rails you know it's cashed four or five times in a row so mm -hmm. why well, not what do, you, what do you think he's it's going to happen because you got to believe that the lions are going to focus they're going to have that uh, spy on justin fields throughout the game so do you think that uh fields could potentially have his best passing game uh from a yardage standpoint against this lions team you know the numbers all point that way the Lions are the worst defense in the NFL, giving up 417 yards per game. And they're the worst team in the NFL uh, against the run. And they're about near the bottom of the NFL against the run. I mean, it's again, giving up 268 yards passing. So um, the prop for Justin Fields is low. You know, I think it's 155 passing yards so if you're looking for maybe an over in that one but you know so, something tells me this game might be an under game you know it's cold it's outdoors you know both mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, these offenses you know uh bears offenses definitely come to life um the lions offense they're coming out of the dome they're gonna be playing outside i could see this game first quarter be like six to three you know and then you know, it, you're, we're not quite getting to 48 and a half for the over, but uh, the Bears have trend, been trending as an over team. So I don't, I mean, the Lions haven't though late. The beginning of the season, the Lions were putting up a lot of points. Now, for whatever reason, the uh, teams have adjusted to whatever the Lions were doing on offense. And let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the Lions have a long list of injuries today. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're list of injuries is is very it's it's long <laughs> so it's like, don't forget yes it is but uh they do get deandre swift back and he was he's been on last two games deandre swift has been on a uh pitch count so to speak he hasn't 
gotten a full uh, workload, but uh, uh, he complained, you know, to the coaching staff that uh, he wanted more touches. So we'll see. The other backup is good, Jamal Williams. They'll be able to run on the Bears. The Bears have not been a good run-stopping defense. So, Terrible uh, uh, yeah. uh, run-stopping defense. Let me yep. let, let's cover a couple more things regarding what happened this past week. Of course, uh, we all know that the Bears would have gone on to at least tie this game against the Miami Dolphins, but it was oh, yeah. interference penalties. Uh, the one that was called against Eddie Jackson shouldn't have been. The NFL issued an apology, and one that wasn't called. Uh, the, the Dolphins on Chase Claypool, and the NFL apologized for that too. Uh, Matt Eberflus was asked his reaction to uh, these missed calls by the NFL. Yeah, no, it's really like any call. Like, you know, if you turn in a call that you think that you, that you may disagree with or that you do agree with, it's really about education. You know, it's really about educating us, you know, for the rules and then, then turning that and educating the players and say, hey, that, yeah, we did play that the right way. And, or you could do something better uh, going forward because those plays are over. You know, they, they made those calls, and once, once they make them, there's nothing you can do about it. You can complain and whine about it, but um, there's, there's really, that doesn't do any good. We want to learn from the situation, and that's why we turn the calls in. So good or bad, we agree with a lot of calls. We you know, hate want explanations and then get it back to our players and educate. With Eddie, say, hey, that, you played that the right way. You know, you did a nice job. You turned. You played the ball. And there was, you know, incidental contact. You both have, you know, uh, you know, obviously are there to play the ball, and you both have a right to play the ball. So I think that uh, it was good on that part, you know. And then the other one, there's not, not much you can do on that one. This guy should run for a p- political office, Matt Eberflus, because he's so <laughs> diplomatic there. I mean, if I'm the head coach, I would have pulled a Mike Ditka. They don't know what the F they're talking about. <laughs> Those referees are. But uh, Eberflus is maintaining his cool, saying he's using it as a learning thing to teach the players what you can do, what you can't do, and so forth. Still, uh, KB, you had the biggest reaction when I just brought up the topic, so I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts after the game when this missed opportunity of a victory was because of the referee? I, I, I'm going to put this in, in, in very, 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 you know what I'm saying, simple terms. Them coming back and telling us we're sorry is the equivalent of me going into a house, having, let's say, a match drop on the, on the floor, something that can be put out in an instant, but I, I walk out the house because I say, I don't see a fire. And then the fire, the fire catches the house on fire and everything burns up. But then I walk back to that family and say, Oh, I'm sorry. We could, we could have handled that right. The correct way. The first time I saw it. That I, didn't see, I didn't see your nothing. house burning down. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't see your house on fire. I'm sorry. Even though I was in the room when I seen the match sitting on the floor, uh, it does. It does nothing. I don't. I don't care that they they came back and said, "Oh yeah, our bad." No, no, that does nothing for anybody. The rest need to be held accountable. This is something I've been tweeting out. They should be fine, just like everybody else is fine. They should lose game checks, just like everybody else loses game checks. You have to hold their feet to the fire. No pun intended. You have to hold them accountable. They cost a game. Be damned to catch later on with EQ. He, like I said, that to me, that was a cuttable offense. Hands, dude. You, you're in the NFL for a reason. But you extended a damn drive for the Dolphins that Eddie Jackson could have ended. You then killed a drive, damn, basically, 
by not calling the most egregious pass interference I think I've ever seen outside of the fucking Saints Rams game or what whoever the fuck they played in the playoffs. It was it was it was blatantly blatantly egregious. I have Dolphins friends that called me and said, "Hey, bro, we got away with that one." Uh, I I've never seen anybody get behind somebody and ride them like a horse, like the old boy did, and then pull them down and not get flagged for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I can care less about your damn sorry. Damn sorry doesn't doesn't put a win in the in the in the the win table. I'm sorry that doesn't give us the game. So be damn that bullshit. I'm sorry. That's bullshit to me. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, Chris, uh, your thoughts after you saw that those penalty mishaps, to put it nicely, uh, by the official officials. I, I can put it quite simply, uh, boys, is what a fucking wanker. Is that what <laughs> that, like? That, you know, we do, we know like we do the weekly, the weekly thing, but that is the complete illustration of what a wanker is. The top of their profession who get paid a lot of money as well on their only part-time as well, so they've got outside interests, cannot see what happened in that play and then cannot call the correct call. That is, to me, the perfect illustration of what I call a wanker. And that mm. guy, I know what's the point of saying sorry because everything rides in that moment, that decision... You know, that, that we could have won that game, which means like that could affect, you know, players' future prospects or the coaches' future prospects, which is where their careers go. That's how important a decision like that is. And when they say sorry, it's sort of a bit of like a, a bit of a kick, you know, a bit of a laugh like in back of your head. You know, said, so, oh, well, yeah, but we are sorry. We did make a mess, but it's too late. And, you know, these games, you only get 17 games a year. So every game counts. So every decision's got to count, the same as every other decision. So yeah, he's the perfect illustration of what I call a wanker. <laughs> Perfectly said, Chris Watts. Thank uh, you very much. Uh, <laughs> as a gambler, when you see, uh, as a professional gambler as you are, when you see the atrocious officiating in the National Football League, and it's not just this game, it's every game, there are disputable calls. And what bugs me the most, Tooch, is that we at home can see what the right call is because the replay is right there. But the NFL is not using the technology at hand to give at least the the, the team that was affected the opportunity to throw a flag and say, hey, you, you need to look at that because the guy upstairs told me you missed it and it was obvious. So we, we, the fans, can do a better job officiating than the guys that are getting paid $175,000 a year for a part-time job. That's got to drive you crazy, Tooch. It does, but the fact that they haven't done it makes you scratch your head, you know, as to why they haven't done it. You know, what what sort of phone calls are being made during the game, you know? I, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but it does make you scratch your head. But yeah, uh, the coaches that you know that would fix it. Throwing a flag on a on a on a ref call, why not allow why not allow a challenge to the officials call? You know, especially when it happens in the last ninety seconds of a game, you know, with the game on the line as it did to the Bears against the Dolphins. I mean, that was a, a Claypool was mugged a full second before the ball got there. The ref was standing right there. Eberflus should have been allowed to challenge that. You know. 
that, that's just my thought. Yeah. It's, it's hard when you're, when you handicap a game and you know, you, you shouldn't have to take into account, you know, neutral referees being not neutral. So. Right. It is, you know, and they have the rule where you could review pass interference because of the blatant uh, missed call in that Saints uh, NFC Championship game. KB, you got to get to work, huh, brother? All right. KB is a firefighter, and it looks like somebody may be, may be in need of his help. So we yeah. uh, we wish him the very best. Uh, you know, people who, who – our firefighters, police officers, teachers, nurses, and so forth. Those are the most noble professions that we have in society. These are people who are risking their lives to save other people. And so to KB uh, and anyone who is being affected uh, by uh, whatever is happening there, God bless them, and we really appreciate their service. And by the way, happy Veterans Day to everyone that served. I forgot to tell Mike that. Mike, Mike North uh, yeah. earlier this morning was on, and he, he served our country during the Vietnam War. Um, fortunately, Richard Nixon said, okay, no more troops to Vietnam. Just before Mike was supposed to head over there, I, wow. Mike tells me he was never so happy before in his life. He, Mike, you know, Mike was on the Lions, though, today, so taking the points. Yes, he was. I can't get there with the Lions, man. I look at all the injuries. I look at how bad their defense is. They're coming out of their dome. Uh, the Bears, though, I mean, this could be a game. What, what worries me is that this could be a game where the Bears just don't take the Lions as seriously as they should. Mm -hmm. You know, we, 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 they get up for a team like Miami, who's a good team, mm -hmm. you know, and then they say, oh, the Lions are coming in here. We should we should win this one. We don't have to try, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, if you have that kind of attitude, I could see it coming down to, you know, not a cover, like Mike said, a one- or two-point game, but – you know, the Bears games have, for the most part this season, come down to the Bears trying to win it at the last minute. Yes, you know? indeed. indeed. So I, I hate for it to come down to the last minute, driving down the field for a last minute win against the freaking Lions. But. Yeah. Well, and that's what I, I've seen a lot of the predictions by uh, people from the media. They've, they're basically predict, predicting a, a close game with the last uh, series. Uh, whoever has the ball left kind of winning the game but we'll see yeah. about that. All right, a couple more things about what we witnessed uh, last week. A defense that just has no pass rush. A defense that is uh, was for the first several games when we had both Quinn and Roquan Smith was performing at a fairly decent level. In the second half, they weren't giving up any points at all for about four or five straight games. But everything has fallen apart. Uh, what I witnessed at Soldier Field with the Dolphins just carving apart the Bears' secondary because of no pass rush was very disheartening. This is what defensive coordinator Alan Williams said when he was asked, what's happened to the defense? Tough when you give up that, that many points in that, that short of a period, especially when early on you were uh, or we were uh, eliminating um, uh, touchdowns and uh, down on points. Uh, but I'm trying not to overreact to hey, two ball games and still uh, cognizant of, of what we're trying to get done, where we're going. So um, the, the idea that, hey, you can't give up points, but still keep in, uh, keep in the back of my mind that we, we, we're still improving, um, we're, we're still finding our identity, and we're still sticking to the process of the big thing is making sure that, that guys are hustling, guys are executing. And uh, I take away that uh, we have to uh, execute better. That sounded like a man who 
he looked and sounded defeated. I mean, yeah. that's a little concerning. He's probably not happy that I lost Roquan, I lost Quinn. I understand the better good. Uh, the polls wants to develop this team in a certain way, but how am I supposed to compete with the guys that you've given me? They've got very little established talent. And when I say established, it's because we've got players who can become really good players, but it's going to take a while. You look at uh, Dominic um, uh, Robinson, the pass rusher, he could become a really good player, but it's not going to happen overnight. It may not happen this season. We'll see. Chris, what are your thoughts about this defense? Do you think that there's any way we can see a better defense, hopefully starting to get today against the Lions? Well, it's just it's just been weird, isn't it? It's just been weird seeing a such good a Chicago offense, then as defense suddenly goes down the plug hole. It's sort of like you know we're living in a parallel universe. But I remember watching the game last week, and every every time the Dolphins see it move the, the the ball, it was essentially down the central part of the field. And I think really the um, you know the losing of uh, of both them players who trades has, has sort of hit him hard, really. Because I think if Smith had been there, I think a lot of their their, their uh, small to intermediate passing attack might have been closed down a bit better. But I, I do think he don't. He doesn't really sort of alter his defense very quick. He seems to let you know, like the opposition offense beat us on very similar players. He doesn't sit react very quickly in my eyes sometimes. But I mean, obviously losing them two players is going to hurt your defense straight away. But I just wish he'd react to maybe try and put a bit more pressure on the quarterback. The problem, uh, Chris, uh, uh, is that there, the trust level with the secondary isn't quite there yet. When you, of mm. course, blitz, you got to rely on your defensive backs to really provide outstanding coverage. And I think that Williams is a still not at this point, particularly, you know, with injuries. Mm. And you saw what happened to Kendall Vildor. He's been burned the last couple of games. Oh, yeah. now. He's not playing today because he, he, he hurt his ankle on that one touchdown that he gave up. But it is about having faith in those defensive backs. And so you're kind of screwed there. Uh, now against a quarterback like Jared Goff, um, maybe you're going to have to, you're going to have to uh, blitz because he is. He can get rattled when he's blitz and when he's pressured. The one thing that Don Burr has been bragging about, and I have to agree with him, the Detroit Lions do have an outstanding offensive line, and this is uh, Eberflus talking about that old offensive line. Yeah, yeah, the old line's done a good job. You know, it's the strength of their team. You know, along, you know, they have a couple of good strengths there, but one of them is their offensive line and the experience they have there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Jarrett does a good job of getting rid of it. You know, sometimes the quarterback does a nice job. He's got a lot of experience. He knows when things break down to get rid of it and not take the sack. So I think he's done a good job with that. I think it's a combination of both a, a good offensive line and also the experience of the quarterback. Tooch, I'm sure you agree 100% uh, with uh, head coach Matt Eberflus there. What do, you, what do you see today when you uh, examine the line of scrimmage for these both, uh, both of these teams? Well, the Bears have to get home versus Goff, you know, whether it's, you know, blitzing an extra man, like you guys said earlier. Uh, but uh, I think, who was it said? Was it in Uncle, Uncle Mike's show, Blitz 5, you know, Blitz 6? You know? Right. Uh, but Goff is a veteran, you know, he's not stupid. He knows how to beat the Blitz. But, you know, I mean, the Lions have in, – they're injured in the wide receiver core. There's no DJ Chark. There's no uh, – uh, 
Josh Reynolds. There's no Quintez Cephas. They've got uh, St. Brown and uh, uh, Khalif Raymond, who tore us up, I think, last year one game. He had like 100-some yards against us. Uh, but it, what, what really stands out is how, how sharp is the Bears' margin for error because last game against the Dolphins, it was pretty sharp, you know, with the, the, the punt touchdown the special giving up the special teams touchdown that was some uh an error that we couldn't afford otherwise we'd probably mm-hmm. win the game uh 35 to you know the final score was 35 to 32 i think if you give uh jared goff enough time to throw he's going to pick you apart and I, I it's weird because the the bears secondary is like the unit that i'm least worried about on the defense mm-hmm. you know that they've got players back there they do you know uh you're absolutely it's, right yeah, it's it's the linebackers, the front seven that worries me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to need the front seven to play tough against the run because you know two pretty good running backs on Detroit, and uh, they have to get home in the pass rush. So I don't I don't know if they can do that, but we'll see. Well, let's see what Williams had to say when he was asked about the pass rush. Um, I have to be creative about, hey, putting guys in position to uh, accentuate what they do well, and then. Um, uh, some places I need to be more aggressive. Some places I need to, hey, let the guys rush and mix up, a, hey, the looks that we're giving people. And so it's not, um, it's not or. I think it's and. It's it's both. So he's saying the players are not following all the assignments, and I have to do a better job. So he's blaming everybody, including himself, um, which is the probably the appropriate answer to this because. There are certain things that he can do in terms of uh, scheming guys uh, potentially to get open. But there is a, a dearth of talent there. And so we might, uh, we have to pray for development. You know, as we've seen with other players on this team, particularly on the offense, we've seen them develop over the course of the season. Now, the fact that we are missing or, or have lost two of the key defensive players of this Bears defense, we now have to hope that some of these other players who are getting more playing time step up and get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not questioning, I'm not ruling that out. I, I do mm-hmm. think that some of these guys can get better. And one of the things that I love about the Chicago Bears team is that I do think they have an outstanding coaching staff. And if anybody can get more out of these players, it's probably this coaching staff. And we'll talk more about the coaching staff in a little while. Chris, do you disagree with me at all that potentially we could see these players on the defense get better? No, I completely agree. I mean, I think as well what what I take a bit of solace out is that the Miami Dolphins' offense is far superior to what the Lions are going to be producing today. I mean, they're they're two wide receivers and will beaters. You know, they're, they're probably going to both get like a far, over a thousand yard receiving. So, you know, I I, th- I, th- I do think Detroit are going to move the ball on us. I think they run well on us. And I think they will score some points. But I just think our offense is better than their offense. And I think as well, like you hinted on the Alder, I think uh, our coaching staff, especially the head coach and the offensive coordinator, are miles better than what Detroit have got at the moment in their coaching staff. And I think that will make a big difference throughout the game. Saying I'm the one to know what am I drinking? <laughs> it is water. Sorry, saying I'm the I'm still trying to get over the tequila ad last night. 
All right. Was that was that from the uh, uh, Nasle Briones and crew? No, I have not okay. opened that bottle okay. yet. Yes, at our event last Saturday, Nasle Briones uh, and Amis brought me some, and I think Heidi was behind that too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, brought me a beautiful bottle of tequila with two outstanding shot glasses. I have it upstairs. I'd love to share it with you, but maybe I'll do it on Tuesday's Dan and Alder show, show it off, and then pop it open and uh, have a drink for Tooch and, and Dan and myself in honor of the great folks. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Alder, Alder, how do, you, how do you drink your tequila? Do you sip it or do you, or do you down it in wood? Because over here, we, we, we usually get like a piece of lime and some salt and do the downy one thing, so it's basically slamming it. So I keep thinking, I think we're doing it the wrong way over here because you just get blotted. Uh, so I'm just wondering, how do you drink it, mate? Do you slam it down or do you nicely sip it? When I'm with company, I knock it back. When I'm alone or just with my wife and, and stuff, I, I, I'm, I'm sipping, you know, and doing some work. Uh-huh. But I, I, I'm always doing graphics and, and little videos for our stuff. And so sometimes I'll have a little something as I a sip, you know, helps the creative juices. So uh, that's the way I, I typically do it. But I think that on Tuesday's oh, show, cool. I'm knock down a couple, <laughs> especially if the Bears win, and which they will. Yeah. More on that in I a do, second. I- I'm going to say, I do remember the show you did when he took some uh, gummies, and that was quite interesting about an hour into it. <laughs> you know what? I went back and saw portions of that show after I, I took a few gummies, and there is a, a section of that show where if you look at my face, I, I'm like staring off into space. You know? <laughs> I was just thinking about things and, and not paying attention to what people were saying, what Tooch and Dan were saying. And I'm just thinking, you know, thinking about something in my head and I'm looking out into space. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I should do that again. <laughs> I would really want a great watch. Yeah, thank you. Uh, by the way, I'm all out of gummies, so I got to make a run today. <laughs> oh, man. That's that, that 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 to me that to me is an, is is breaking the law. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I want to play a couple of more sound bites here. One of them that is going to segue to a discussion that I want to have with the, with you guys of who are of the five rookie head coaches in the National Football League. How would you rank them in their effectiveness so far uh, this season? So I've got my list. I've got a couple of your guys' list, but let's listen to. Matt Eberflus at Friday's press conference talk about what was the, what the team was doing at practice that day. Spent about 15 minutes go through, go around the league and talk about different situations. Say we talked about certain team had a four minute situation, how they handled that really well. They did a nice job of you know working the clock and you know and then on defense, what would you do? And then we you know look at different two minute situations, in the game situations. Um, it's usually about 30 plays or so. Uh, talk about you know fourth down tries, you know uh, replay reviews, um, inbounds, out of bounds, all those things that come around in the league, and what we can do to help our football team be a smart football team. You know, and keep educating um, not only uh, the players but the coaches and everybody that's in in the building. So I think that's a really good uh, meeting. We've been doing that the entire year, so I think that's been really good for us uh, is our in growing in situational football and being smart. I love that. Love it. Love it. Do you think Matt Nagy did that last year, Tooch? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> 
He went, he went home and like drew up plays on his wall. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was thinking only about himself and yeah. him wanting to be the quarterback of the Bears. That's all he did. He never spent time. And I, and, I, and frankly, I think there were, there's been a, a number of coaching staffs in the history of this team that didn't spend time explaining rules and talking situational football. I'm glad to hear that Iberflus, that this wasn't the first time they did it, that they do it regularly. That's what a well-coached team does. It goes beyond uh, developing plays and, and telling players, go, go, work harder, work harder. No, that's not coaching. That's cheerleading. So uh, so happy to, to, uh, to hear that. So, so that when I heard that, it got me to thinking about, all right, so we've got five rookie coaches. Who is it that I like the most? I'm going to share you with you my list first. Oops, that's the wrong list. Um, where is it here? Oh, man, I loaded. Both times I, I loaded the wrong list. So let me Jordan with, Silvera's list? Yeah, let me go with Jordan, okay. who I think <laughs> most of the people in the tailgate show. Uh, Chris, uh, you got to see this. I did. Tell me. Tell me if it aligns with your list. He's got Brian Dable, the Giants, at uh, six and two, at number mm-hmm. one. Mike McDaniel at number two. He's six and three. And then he did say in, a, in the comments section to us that he could flip flop those guys because he likes both of those guys so much. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was just going to say. Really, I, I'd actually put uh, uh, Minnesota's coach two, and then the Dolphins coach at number three, and then and then yeah, definitely. I'm a, our guy at four, and uh, the Denver Bronco guy, yeah, he's definitely the last on the list. Uh, yeah, I think he's the last on everybody's list, including the yeah. owner of the team. <laughs> <Not everybody. laughs> Tooch, what do you think about Jordan's list here? Well, it's hard to argue with. I mean, uh, Brian Dable has had about uh, as much to work with as Matt Eberflus, to be honest. Uh, he's, you know, he's done quite a good job, so I I don't disagree with him being up there at the top. Mike McDaniel, that dude's got some character on, <laughs> after the last after the last press conference. Yeah, kind of like that, that dude. Kevin McConnell has a good team. I mean, I to me, he's kind of nondescript. I might put Eberflus third. He's had junk to work with, except for Justin Fields. But uh, I mean, who have the Vikings beaten? I mean, we'll find out who the Vikings are today. But I mean, the Vikings are really. Uh, uh, we forgot Jeff Saturday. <laughs> I'll put Jeff Saturday ahead of Nathaniel Hackett, though. There you go. <laughs> look, the, the Vikings are catching a break because uh, Josh Allen is banged up. You know, he, he's going to play, but I mean, one shot on that elbow and he's probably going to leave the game. You're going to get Case Keenum. But I mean, how lucky have the Vikings been? They got a horseshoe up their butts. Yeah, they have. Uh, uh, do you have the game on now, Tooch? What's. Uh, I don't. Hold on, let me. That's all right. I like the Seahawks in this one, man. I'll tell you. Mm. But when you look at that, I can't get past fourteen nothing Buccaneers. I was totally wrong. Got to hold your nose to take the Bucks in this one, man. But <laughs> Uncle Mike was right. Anthony Anthony was right. I couldn't get there with the Buccaneers, man. I'm like, uh, looks like they're fired up after that last minute win uh, last week. So yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, here's my list. And I know it's not going to be a very popular list. Uh, Mike McDaniel, I think, is number one. 
I think he's an offensive genius. And yes, you can make the argument, well, he's got all these weapons. And sure, that that accounts for a lot. I mean, the two wide receivers on that team, I wish we had half of one of them because they're two magnificent wide receivers. But I just like this, the the energy, excuse me, the energy that Mike McDaniel sends out. I love it. I This is somebody in the chat room um, mentioned Tressman's name. This was the Mark Tressman I wanted. I wanted that brainiac head football coach and a guy who's got personality. This guy goes up to the podium. He's joking around. He's got a cool sense of humor and stuff. I love Mike McDaniel, and I think that he so far has been as has shown the most. And you know, I, the first four guys are awfully close, so it, you know I could see anybody flipping this list totally around, and, and it would be hard to argue with. But I do have an argument for Matt Eberflus being at number two, because I think of all of the head coaches that got jobs, these rookie head coaches. No doubt about it, Matt Eberflus had the least to work with because they were clearly in a pre-designed, tear-it-down mode, build these players up, see what you got from the uh, Equinemius St. Browns, from the Riley Reefs, and guys who couldn't sign contracts until the middle or late in, in free agency, didn't have many draft picks when the draft started, Eberflus just had the least to work with, and yet, what did we see out of Eberflus's team in preseason? We saw them win. We saw them disciplined, unlike any other team we've seen in recent memory for the Chicago Bears. We have just seen a total, totally well-coached Chicago Bears team, thanks to Matt Eberflus. Kevin McConnell, I, I put him at number three because they've had these weapons. They, they made no dramatic acquisitions during the offseason, but he's finally done what Zimmer has been unable, was unable to do. So I got a lot of respect for McConnell, and I like the way he runs that offense. Now, Brian Dable, to me, is the most overrated head coach in football. Everybody's in love wow, with him. Man. Everybody is, is thinking that this guy is a genius and so forth. I got news for you. The team that Brian Dable inherited, is not nearly as bad as what the Chicago uh, Bears inherited. That team already had players in their secondary, players on their defense that that were ready to take it to the next level. They, they Gettleman, as poorly as he was as a general manager, he put some really good talent together on that defense. The offense was bad. There's no doubt about it. And it was bad because they had injuries. They had injuries to their number one running back. They had injuries on the offensive line. And the, the players they did have in the offensive line were not very good. So I give Dable some credit to uh, uh, improving that offense. And then I know Jordan likes to talk about what Dable has done with their quarterback over there. But this guy, their quarterback, Jones, has had – almost three times the amount of experience at quarterbacking than Justin Fields. So Dable already had a veteran quarterback to work with where Eberflus and Getze did not. So I'm not a, I'm not a big proponent of Brian Dable. 
I'm, I'm not going to give him – a lot of people already crowned him coach of the year and so forth. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I think Eberflus has done a better job than Dable. Nathaniel Hackett, of course, is the absolute worst. He and, and Jeff Saturday will be looking for jobs at the end of the season. <laughs> Anyone want to dispute – my feelings about Brian Dable. I wish Jordan was here because I know he loves Brian Dable. But Chris uh, Tooch, anyone want to dispute it? I don't know if I dare. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a hard time disputing it. But I mean, I think uh, next year will be you know better foretelling of where these coaches totally. are. Actually, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, what the Dolphins coach had, you know he walked in and, and they handed him a Ferrari, you know, with the, the mm. offense, you know, with all those playmakers, you know, the defense isn't that good, but uh, you know, he had definite uh, tools to work with on offense. So, I mean, it's, it's, I still like the coach. I think he's, you know, a decent coach and uh Dable, I mean, he, he has a bad, he's saddled with a bad quarterback in a tough division. He's done. Okay. I mean, the, the Cowboys and Eagles are both, you know, really good teams, and he's right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's hard to argue uh, against Jordan, too. Um, but uh, you have to go back and look at some of the records. Now, the Giants haven't really they, – they've benefited from a third or fourth-place schedule, too. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'll give Dable the, the sort of uh, uh, praise for actually changing the culture of the Giants because their culture is pretty terrible for the last – I don't know, quite quite a fair few years because there was such a losing franchise. Good so point. I think that's I think that's a big important part of, of the head coach as well. Like it's like what Eberflus is doing for us. He's changing the culture that was left behind, you know, which obviously was completely disjointed and, and badly organized. And now he's bringing in a new culture. Uh, and that surely must take time for Brad to do that so quickly. Uh, I'd say hats off to the guy. Um, and, he, and he also is in a tough division, like Tooch said as well. So um, I can see where you're coming from, Aldo, but you know it's all about wins and losses, isn't it? Sometimes, so I'm maybe just giving it to Dable if I might be so bold. <laughs> well, I know uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, Jordan was posting, you know, complimentary things about the Giants and their organization, and one of the comments he said is that they had basically the same resources. And I disagreed with Jordan. And I said, mm-hmm. listen, the first of all, the Giants had twice the amount of draft picks that the Chicago Bears had. They, In fact, they had two number one draft picks. The Bears had zero. And by the time the Bears got uh, the, the, the draft got to the fourth round, the, the Giants had already picked as many players as the Bears had for the entire draft. Now, of course, um, Brian Pose made some moves to pick up some late rounders, but you, everyone here knows that late rounders are real big long shots. So the Giants came in with a first rounder at the defensive line position, a first rounder at the right tackle position, Thibodeau and Evan Neal, those players, and they, they got good picks uh, later on. Now, how good of a coach is he if none of those players has played at a really high level? You can make the argument that Neil has, but his injuries have uh, curtailed his progress with the Giants. But I think that when you look at what Iberflus has done with Brisker and with Kyler Gordon, I, I think we've, we've seen a, a, a better coaching job on that. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong. 
but uh, I got my man KB back here in here. I want to get his thoughts on this. KB, first of all, everything okay, brother? Oh, yeah, man. It, it, it was just a fire alarm, man. It's We've been having issues with this company for a few days now. Okay. So somebody uh, set the fire alarm loose. You let me know, man. I'll go over there and take care of business. For you. Oh, man, I'm, I'm definitely going to let you know if I got to go back out there. i know you don't want to leave um all right so this is where we are i i on my list kb you saw it i I put it up in the uh in the uh, oh yeah twitter dm i put eberflus at number two you kind of agreed more with jordan's list uh and i'll put that up now Jordan had Dable, McDaniel, McConnell, one, two, three, Ibrahim right. at four, and of course Hackett at five. And then somebody pointed out Jeff Saturday should be number. Oh, Lord. not not Saturday. No, no, no. Uh, all right, yeah. Let me let me let me let me go ahead and clarify because uh, said I I got back a little bit ago and I, I was able to kind of hear what you said about uh your reasons why for having Ibrahim at two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if we go by record. This is what what uh, I was going through with with uh, my guy Jordan there. If we go by record, of course you're gonna throw Eberflus at fourth. All right, that's understandable. We've won three games. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get down to the nitty gritty of what you're saying because what you're saying makes a lot of sense. The Dolphins were already a team that were that was on the precipice of being something great. They went out, and they made the trades they need to go to do. They went out and got Tyreek Hill. Uh, just recently acquired Bradley Chubb. This team was ready to compete. Their offense has weapons that are damn near second to none to anybody in the league, uh, and and they have a they have they had a scrappy defense. I was, I'm a big big proponent of uh, Howard. Uh, I, he played around the same time that my cousin played, uh, so he, I knew he was a dog coming out. Uh, so I give I'm, we're gonna give McDaniel's his flowers, and plus he's a character. Dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah. The, the whole fact he told Justin Fields to stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> and then he says he doesn't listen he doesn't to listen. the <laughs> Dude, Dude's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I love McDaniel. Uh, Kevin McCall came into a situation where you already had a, a team uh, assembled, man. I, I'm sorry. Coaching coaching does – it makes a team. I, I get – into this with people all the time when I say the perfect example of this shit was the Saints when Sean Payton had to step down from coaching for the year how they went from uh, the top team in the NFL to like mid-tier mm-hmm. heartbeat so coaching coaching does play a major difference they switched their philosophies they became more offensive oriented instead of defensive uh, under the last guy I can't remember what his name is right now to save my life uh uh, fuck the Vikings head coach. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> so Zimmer, yeah, he he was very archaic in his thinking. It's it's, it's the, that's what the Donald Scott truth was. He's kind of like our guy Fox. You know, he uh, defense is going to win the game. We're going to run the ball. We're going to win. That doesn't work. So they switched their philosophies. Good for them. But that team was already made. Uh, so I can understand why you put Eves in the in the two. This team, by all accounts, from what people told us, wasn't going to win a game. We weren't going to be competitive. We were going to get ran over. We have nothing. Uh, Justin Fields isn't even a franchise quarterback. He's not even an NFL quarterback. This team is, is, is the bottom of the barrel. This is what we were told all summer. We're maybe – if I can, I can hold the amount of plays 
in my hand away that we are from having wins. Okay, you're two month punts away from having a win, uh, two wins. You're a, a, a bad mistake by a wide receiver from a win. Uh, and, and and then you're two catches away in a Redskins game from having a win. You're a referee away from beating the Dolphins. That's five wins. Five. This team, this the the, the entirety that we would be, Iberflus would be right now in the running for head coach of the year. Five. Just five mistakes. Five. So I, I, I give him his flowers for what he's doing because what you said makes sense. He stepped into a crappy situation and made a crap uh, made the best out of a crappy situation. And we're talking about a team in a loss that's exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Brian Dable thing, he's a, I, he's a good coach. I get that. You, the Giants were looked at just like how we were. But to be real, dog, people look at Daniel Jones like Daniel Jones just came out last fucking year and he's been in the league for what four? Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't he working on his fifth year right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, he's he's a veteran quarterback by all standards. He should be held to the same type of uh, standard that Mr. Bisky was held to. Yeah, I, you, he's done nothing in the league, and even now, he's not really doing much. I haven't heard anybody in New York say, oh, my God, dude, Daniel Jones is setting the world on fire. No, the fuck he's not. Mm-hmm. He's, you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Saquon Barkley might be the most exciting running back since Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, the, the shit he did against us was, a, was amazing. So – they have weapons. You have picks. They had everything. So yeah, I can understand why you put Dable where you put him. I can understand calling him a little overrated, but I will give him his flowers because he has his team with a winning record right now, and that, that's good for them because, like I said, they were they were ass water too. But I, I do like your list a little bit better. I do like Thank your. You. List. I'm, not, I'm not just gonna follow the crowd here. Be like, yeah, the the records say that Eva Flew should be second from the bottom. No, his coaching. The way that this team has changed, the discipline that we show. No, I would take that over Kevin McCall. I would take that over Brian Dable. I would take that over the day. We, we're not even going to get into Daniel Hackett. Jesus Christ. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even know the freaking rules. But KB, uh, applause, applause for you, man. You took my argument and you took it to a whole different level. Very convincing case. I, I got to believe that anyone who had Eberflus at four uh, has got to at least be thinking, all right, maybe two or three is where he should be, you know, and, and maybe even number one, we did a poll. uh, Oh man, I should have had it uh, uh, set up for us, but we did a poll on the, on that very question. Let me see if I can find it real quick as I scroll through Twitter. Here it is. Uh, uh, People had Matt Eberflus, 15% of, of, of the people on the Twitter poll, 535 votes had Matt Eberflus at 15% that he should be first on that list. At second, 30%. At third, 43%. And then fourth or lower, 11%. I hope all 535 people are listening to KB's argument about why Eberflus should be higher up on that list, and uh, it's a very compelling case. Tooch, Chris, uh, you want to comment on KB's uh, uh, comments about Eberflus? Not really, no. I think I think uh, I think you might have changed my mind in my uh, in my two and a three now. So uh, yeah, no, it all makes sense. And, and the drafting as well. I didn't really uh, I didn't really know have that knowledge about how uh, well uh, well how many draft picks uh, the Giants had had compared to ourselves. 
So uh, that sort of swung the argument a little bit. But uh, no, well, uh, well said, KB. Yeah. Tooch? Well, I, I go back to what you were talking about with Coach T. You know, about the ninth game, we'd be mm-hmm. seeing the progress that we wanted to see. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to uh, see how they react against the, you know, this is a, this is a division game today. Yeah, you have to, have to take it seriously. Huge, you know. You can't can't be thinking they're lining up eleven Don Burrs out there because they're not. <laughs> you know, we got we have to. <laughs> I've been waiting to tell that joke for a while. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't think there's uh, eleven Tom uh, Don Birds in the whole world. <laughs> and and that's a good thing. souls. <laughs> that's a very good thing. <laughs> One is too many, Chris. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Listen, Lord, I, I I thought he fell off the planet, bro. It's to see him to see him pop up in the chat, I was shocked. I was shocked. I told him, I said, man, I smell cocoa butter and frustration. I knew it was Don Burr. <laughs> I knew it was Don Burr, bro. I love it. My man told me they was gonna be leading the division. Hell, y'all got yeah. sec- y'all got two wins, and y'all ain't got no excuses. <laughs> really? All right, let's uh, focus in on this game here in the last 20, 20 30 minutes that we've got. Um, expectations for this game, uh, KB. I'll start with you first. What is it that you're most concerned about uh, against the Detroit Lions? Oh, I could get that to you right in the running game. I, I'm there's there ain't no reason to cap, ain't no reason to, to n- no fanfare. Their running game is something serious when uh, Swift is is in it. All right, when they were putting up all them points at the beginning of the season, because my man was running the ball and was running with his hair on fire. I I was a DeAndre Swift fan. The dude was a kind of a do it all back. It's it's funny because he kind of reminded me of Noshawn Moreno when he was coming out. He not somebody that you look at him like, oh my God, he's a top running back, but he just does everything. Um, uh, he's he's a he's hard to stop, man. He's shifty. He's a bigger guy, so it's kind of crazy. It's like, bro, you you kind of you kind of solid. I didn't think you can move like you're like a Tariq Cohen, but he he got to do all that. Uh, the running game worries me a lot. I I just don't know how we're gonna stop that. Mm-hmm. So. That that would be my my chief chief complaint right now. Yep. Uh, the quarterback does not scare me. He's he's playing outside, so mm-hmm. we we know Jared Goff doesn't like Chicago weather. That's for sure. We witnessed it. I was there with Greg Braggs in that Rams game where uh, the Bears literally made him shit in his pants. I saw the shit rolling down his. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tooch, uh, you uh, you you brought up the running game. You brought up the DeAndre Swift earlier in the show. Anything outside of the running game that concerns you about this Detroit Lions team? Well, we're we are thin at cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a little bit of a worry with Kendall Vilder out. I never thought I'd hear myself say, <laughs> "Damn, I wish Kendall Vilder wasn't out." You know, because before the before the season started, I was like, "I'm not sure this guy's going to make the team," but he's played well. You know, I didn't think he was uh, that good, but he did definitely improved mm-hmm. uh, for this season. But uh, you wonder, uh, Kyler Gordon going to stay in the slot? Or is he going to move outside? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pro probably. I'm guessing he's going to stay in the slot because they have those little uh, guys. Uh, St. Brown and and uh, Khalif Raymond, you know they're small and quick. You know they're they're li- those guys play in the slot a lot. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know the the Detroit 
wide receivers thankfully are thin also you know so yeah maybe uh maybe that kind of evens out but uh, we have to get pressure on golf you know that'll make things a lot easier on the uh, defensive backfield chris what are your thoughts about this detroit lions team what if anything concerns you about them uh, well, my main concern is exactly what KB was saying about their running game because, you know, even, even before we lost them two players, our, our run defence hadn't really been uh, up to par, you know, what we expect Chicago Bears defence to play. So I think their running game scares the heck out of me, really. Um, mm-hmm. regard, regarding the rest of the team, not much, really. I mean, I, th- I think, I think I, I really, I think it's just going to be... Which offense outscores the other? Which I know that's what you're supposed to do in the game, but I think if the defense is a. It doesn't really mean it's going to be which offense outscores the other. And I just think, and I believe that we've got the better players and we've got a far better quarterback and I'd say a better coaching staff on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I want to see out of this Bears team is to, for them to get off to a quick lead. If they can Ooh. get off to a quick lead, then the Lions won't be running as much and we won't have to worry about our putrid run defense. And so getting off to a quick lead might also neutralize the Detroit Lions pass rush. I'm a little worried about Aiden Hutchinson, Ooh, what he can yes. do to our, our tackles. Now, the Lions are towards the bottom of the league in terms of sacks, but you know how it is with uh, the Chicago Bears. Sometimes they play a team that is not performing really well in one area, and all of a sudden uh, we make a star out of Aiden Hutchinson. Or, or you know, he's going to be a star anyway. But uh, let's not get his career jump started uh, today. So get off to a quick start. Let's get this offense humming. I hope that uh, our offensive corner Luke Getz has got a very aggressive game plan for those first fifteen plays that they usually script out. Let's get this team off to an early touchdown. And then hopefully he uh, defensive coordinator Allen Williams is going to come up with some exotic blitzes, some exotic looks, and rattle Jared Goff because, as you guys have said, we all know that when Jared Goff is rattled, uh, it's a beautiful sight to see. <laughs> it's a beautiful sight. <laughs> Tooch, I want to ask you about uh, your favorite bets uh, going into the today. I know you uh, you run your service there, and so it's not uh, it's, it's, these aren't uh, freebies that I'm asking you for. But they are freebies. Give me some freebies. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie, it's a little bit of a tough day. It is, a and uh, I was on the Seahawks because I didn't want to put my money on a Buccaneers team that hasn't shown anything all season. You have to asking me to 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 bet on the old Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and the Seahawks have covered. You know, they've been one of the best teams against the spread all season, but. You know, as uh, as it turned, you know, all the, the public was all over the Seahawks, and, and usually, you know, good play is going against where all the money is. Mm-hmm. Take it. The, the play was probably to take the Buccaneers, but it's fourteen to three, and the Seahawks are driving again. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm right after all. But I think the easiest bet on the board is the Dolphins minus three uh, at home versus the Browns. Um, I think uh, uh, that and the over in that game. But yeah, there you go. You got that up there already. How'd you get that so fast? <laughs> I preload them. While you guys are sleeping, uh, I'm trying to work off my hangover, and I'm fucking putting in these things. Yeah, I, I like this. I like the play on the Dolphins. I'll probably take it at three and a half. I got it at minus three. Uh, you know, that way I protect myself if it's a you know a field goal game. But uh, I like the Dolphins. I think uh, I think the offense will be too much for the Browns. Other than that, I mean. You and Uncle Mike talked about the Cardinals and the Rams. 
Mm-hmm. And that game is, you know, to, Stafford going to be out with the concussion. Uh, and then Kyler Murray's got a hamstring injury, and he's not going to be running around. So they're talking about Colt McCoy playing. Mm-hmm. And the backup quarterback of the Rams is probably one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. I mean, he's like Jonathan Quinn bad. Ooh. This, this kid, John, <laughs> John Wolford. So, but, that might be fun to watch. Yeah, we, we uh, <laughs> Anthony and I faded him during the preseason. Mm-hmm. If he was if he was playing for the Rams in the preseason, we bet against the Rams preseason football. But hey, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Hard Knocks, the midseason one that's just started with the Cardinals. Oh, uh, but they, they, no. they did a great job by HBO and NFL Films, and so they had wow. wireless microphones on quarterback Kyler Murray and and uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, Ooh. and boy, both of nice. them were going at each other. Hopkins is like, "Um, what are you seeing?" What are you seeing? Yeah. Open and and he goes. Yeah. I'm, Murray says, "I'm going to get you the ball, brother. Just stand back, stand back." He didn't like the the heat that he was getting, and that. But also, I, why I brought it up is that during the course of the game, Murray started co- complaining about that hamstring, saying, "Oh man, this hamstring. Oh mm. man, it's bothering me." And so he brought it up two or three times, but the cameras caught in any case, and so it has been a problem all week long for him. So that's going to be an interesting game with both quarterbacks probably not playing. Yeah, I, I take the I'll, I'll take give me Hopkins. You know, I mean, I, Hopkins is an animal. I mean, I know they got Cooper Cup on the other side. I don't trust the core. Colt McCoy can get Hopkins the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the other guy can get Cup the ball. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, my <laughs> yeah. boy, my boy Hopkins is used to the Colt McCoys of the world getting him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a it's a stay away for me. Probably. I mean, I, both teams are a disaster. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Like the the Bears. After last season, uh, uh, the Bears were kind of, you know, it was a little ominous, you know, <laughs> this season, you know, yeah. the stars on the rise for Justin Fields, you know, and uh, it, other teams are falling apart. The Colts, the Packers, you know, they talk about trade Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders yesterday, you know, reuniting him with Devontae Adams and the, you know, the coach of the Packers not, you know, having having difficulties there, keeping the team together. You know, you, you hate to see it as a Bears fan, also. Yes. Oh my right. God. Yes. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, uh, the Colts bring in a broadcaster from the booth to coach their team. What the heck? <laughs> you know, that's unbelievable. It's good to Maybe see that I, other franchises are uh, are, yeah. are, are making are even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. KB, are you a gambler? And if so, is there a game today that you like, or a bet that you would, uh, if I forced you to share it with people, uh, to adjust the line? <laughs> Go, uh, Go ahead. Ryan and uh, betting is like oil and water. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You said that last week. I am. I am horrible at this shit. <laughs> I, I'm decent at blackjack, but anything else. Um, let, 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 oh, oh. Here's, here's what I'm going to do, KB. I'm going to pick a game at random, and I want you to give me your pick for this game, and we'll pretend that you're laying 100 bucks on it, all right? Uh, yeah, no, let's, let's goddamn do it. All right, I'm going to pick one at random here, and here comes the Colts at the Raiders. The Raiders are giving away four and a half at home. The money line is Colts plus 170, Raiders m- minus 210. The over-under is 41. Go ahead and bet that $100, that fictitious $100 on any one of these things. Okay. Okay. First of all, I'm taking. I I I am going to take the Raiders over the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm not saying this because I have family that plays for that team. 
But I am saying this because I I do have family. No, I'm playing. Uh, (laughs) I'm taking the Raiders though. Uh, I I am the Raiders are are a conundrum. Okay, they have all the talent in the world. They should be one of the top teams in the league, but they can't. I I don't. They can't put it together. I I just don't get it. You have one of the two best wide receivers in the league on your team. You, I know Waller's hurt now, and you have uh, Renfro that's been in and out of the lineup, but you still got Jacobs in the back. You got you got high, I mean uh, Adams. I just don't I don't I don't know. I just, it's so confusing. But I like them over the Raiders today. I the Raiders have the output to put up a lot of points, so I want to say I would take the over. Mm-hmm, but then some games. They just don't score shit. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm so confused with this team, but I will take the over in this team, and I will also take the Raiders over the Colts. All that other shit, uh, y'all can keep that. <laughs> you're, uh, you're the play professional here. How did the KB do? Uh, to me, I can't I can't touch this game. I don't know what I'm getting, but I would lean Raiders. See? You know, he's, but he's just as confused. Devontae Adams, and, but the Raiders can't stop anybody on defense. Mm. So then, the, you know, I – they're a mess also. Another team in the NFL, that's a complete disaster. Yeah. Chris, uh, do you agree with me when I say that the Colts are in full tank mode and there is no way they're going to win uh, in Las Vegas or wherever the hell the Raiders play? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think there must be, mate. I mean, I mean to, uh, to bring somebody in from the TV booth to be a head coach is a sign that your franchise – is on a little bit of a shaky ground, uh, and I, I think the Raiders will win. Uh, I think I think they might win by a, a couple of touchdowns, uh, but I see the Colts just in disarray as a, as a club, and you know the Raiders should take advantage of that because they've got good talent. For some reason, it just like clicked yet. So uh, yeah, I definitely take the Raiders on that one. All right. That's a good way to end up the show because I know the fantasy football goon guys are getting ready to share their uh, starts and sits and uh, uh, all the other features that they have on their great show. Let's go quickly around the horn here and get final comments. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you, brother. Uh, Yeah, I think it'll be a Bears win today. I think the Bears will win probably 29 to 14. Uh, but it's just like as, as I say every week, it's been a complete blast being on being on the program with you boys. It's always awesome to get a chance to talk to Aldo, man. Brightens up my fucking day, man. And uh, obviously Tooch, Tooch as well, the the man with the stats, and my man KB going out halfway through the program to save lives. How fucking cool is that? So uh, yes, yeah, so. Uh, Thanks to everybody in the chat. You make you make the uh, the show as it is, and uh, let's just get a bears with you, man. Let's let's get Justin Fields that win, which that guy so deservedly, you know, has earned over the last sort of month. So uh, bears winning, bears down from me. Love it, Tooch. Your final thoughts? Well, I think this game probably be closer than we think. Um, I'd like it to be, you know, a big Bears victory, and I, I think. Uh, if we're going to win this game, it's going to have to be Justin Fields again, you know, just making some plays, extending drives with his legs. Uh, I'm tempted to take the under, I mean, the over, because uh, all both these, neither team could stop each other. You know, we saw it with the, the, the Dolphins and the, and the Bears last week with 67 total points. 
but something tells me it's going to be an, an, an under game today. I'll probably just fall short of the number. <laughs> so I'm going to say uh, Bears 26, Lions 20. Okay. Let me uh, go next, uh, KB, because I want you to close the show today. I want you to take over that Aaron current role and close the show. Give us your final thoughts, your score, and then anything else you want to say to close the show. Mike, uh, I'm, I'm with Doug Dyer here. I expect a huge win by the Chicago Bears, 35 to 10. I like those numbers. I'm going to use those numbers, Doug. I really do think that this is going to be a game where the Bears are going to say, don't count us out of the playoffs yet. Um, there's, it's going to be a huge, huge challenge for them to overcome all of the teams that have better records, similar records. They've lost the, against the Giants and the Giants right now in that wild card race, so that works against them. But they're going to make a push for a playoff position, and I think it starts today. I really think they're going to win big. KB, it is all yours, brother. Oh, my man done, done put your boy on the spot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> hey, man, we're not cracking under the pressure. All right, baby, what I'm going with today, man, I was going with my lucky number at 34 for obvious reasons. 34, say 20. I, I said 24. I seen somebody put 26 in. Uh, 34, 24 Bears. Uh, I think it's, it's like what he says, man. Today is going to be that launching point that the Bears try to go for something incredible. Uh, if we fall short, man, we fall short. But this, this is how you get people to start looking at your team and saying, you know what, they have the franchise quarterback. They have the pieces in place. I want to go there because I feel like my contribution can push them over the top. That is how you build a team. It's not by tanking and hoping for a fucking high pick because high picks bust just like late round picks bust. All right. So I want to see my team win. I want to see my team succeed so people can point and say, I want to be a part of what they're making because it's special. That being said, like I said, I'm, I'm predicting Justin Fields to have a, a good day. It's, it's been, it's, I'm, I'm going with this so much that I benched Patrick Mahomes for Justin Fields in my, in my fantasy. Oh! Just know that. Just know that. I suffered with him on the bench last week to the tune of 42 <laughs> points. I am betting it all on fucking Fields today. So, yes. hey, I am going with it today. My man shows up, he shows out, he keeps showing on why he should be counted seriously as a fucking passer. And I say he has a big passing day and we get somewhere close to 300 yards today. That being said, I want everybody to hit the like button, man. Subscribe, do all that. The algorithm and as such. <laughs> you want to get everybody to start watching this, man. And you know what I'm saying? I, I, we just want our content to get out to everybody. So all these Chicago Bears fans, they, they can they can come and you know what I'm saying? They can they can pop up a chair, get some coffee, you know, unless you're seated up and you smoking joints already, and it's like 10 o'clock out here. But <laughs> I just want to say give a major shout out to everybody that's on the program, man. Touche, we love you, man. Everybody, if you really want to pay attention to this betting thing and make some money, go go listen to this man's show, man. They they are on it. Him and the boy Joe, they are on it. Y'all need to be paying them some attention, man. Y'all need to be following and listening. My boy, my boy C Dub, man. He's always coming in. I don't care if he's hired or not. My boy C Dub is here. Fucking love you, man. Always, man. And your internet ain't cut out today. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not stuck in the matrix. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, also man, uh major shouts out, man, to my boy AC. I know I, I know you had a bad day yesterday. We we get it. It, it happens, bro. It, it's it's a part of the game, brother. It's part of the game. And to have 
the his his highness, you know what I'm saying? The king of Wakanda himself, aka Aldo Cantia, come on to the show with us, baby. You know what I'm saying? We out here, baby. Hey, I just I, I, I love you, man. I, like I said, I appreciate everything you've done. Every time I'm around you, man, you're nothing but gracious. I, I, much love to you and family and all. Uh, people, man, y'all gotta y'all gotta y'all gotta follow us, man. Follow the shows. I don't care if it's a show talking about a TV show or a movie or anything down the bedding or you want to talk about the sad-ass Cubs and White Sox right now. Hey, man, you you need to follow us if you want to know sports, baby. That's what we're telling you. And we're here for life situations. I love it. That being said, man, love all y'all, man. Love all my all the fans, man. Love all y'all, man. Hit that like button, baby. Take care, everybody. Hit the like button. <laughs>